You're listening to Welcome to Eloma, a podcast for highly ambitious dreamers who get shit done. I'm your host, Kylie Peters. This is a space where we talk about small business tax strategies. I love this topic, uh, which I know sounds kind of weird, but I mean it. I really love this topic. And over the last few years, I've become increasingly more fascinated with tax strategy. St- wow, with tax strategy for small businesses. As a small business owner, I know that we all work way too hard to just hand over tax dollars, especially when we don't have to. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not here to talk about doing illegal things. That's never going to be the case. It's always let's keep it legal and and above board. But there's so much that we as business owners don't know. And we're we're paying for it, um, and so I will also say that uh, it wasn't until even the beginning of 2022 that I realized tax strategy is not something that an accountant just inherently does. This is this is a real separate thing. So for anybody listening who's like, "Oh, my accountant will just help me with this," don't make that assumption. That's not always true, um, which is why we have people like today's guest, Don Rishko. Um, to help us out with stuff like this. Dawn is the founder and president of Rishko & Associates, a boutique firm that tailors growth and advisory packages for small and mid-sized businesses. I met her earlier this year at the Exit Planning Summit and quickly came to learn that when it comes to tax strategy for small business, Dawn is where it's at. With over 30 years of experience in accounting and tax law, she provides a level of expertise to her clients that truly very few can provide. And on top of that, she speaks to her clients in quote unquote, normal people speak. And she's also one of the kindest humans I've ever encountered. So I'm so excited to dive into today's topic. Welcome to Eloma, Don. Thank you. Nice introduction. Um, Thank you. <laughs> you are very welcome, my dear. Um, <laughs> Don, as I've mentioned previous times before, I could spend literally months Picking your brain on tax strategy. Uh, so we're going to do as much as we can here with the short time we have together. Um, in your experience working with small businesses, what would you say are the top five mistakes they make when it comes to tax planning? Well, first one is they don't do tax planning. Oh, that's a zinger. A lot of small <laughs> businesses think that when they meet with their tax preparer in the spring, that's it, one and done. But yeah. it's a continuous process throughout the year because sure. your business is constantly changing. So mm-hmm. that's the number one mistake. Um, another mistake people make is most, um, I shouldn't say most, people I've encountered, they don't realize that there are things that they could take advantage of before year end that can mm-hmm. affect the current year, especially with the fact that tax law changes every single year. And so um, if you don't take advantage of those items, in the current year, sometimes you've lost it. And that would be a terrible waste because there are a lot of things out there that are available to us that we should be able to take benefit of. Yeah. Okay. Um, So those are really the top things. And then you can drill down to a lot of specifics related to particular industries, certain items such as home office deductions that a lot of entrepreneurs don't even realize they can benefit from Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of chatter out there that, oh, how risky that is. Not true in the right circumstances. In fact, in almost every circumstance, we could find a reason why you could utilize that. Mm, okay. Um, use of your vehicle, 
for an, is another example. We're all driving somewhere for some purpose with our business and we don't always realize maybe there's a benefit to that. And that may sound silly, but it's true. A lot of people I talk to don't even think of these things and we're just doing it every day. Mm-hmm. And so I would say those are probably the top four and you ask five. So another thing is depreciation. The timing of purchasing things is a big deal. Um, yep. Just spending money is not a good choice, right? A lot of people say, oh my gosh, my taxes are too high. I have to spend. Not necessarily, but um, I'll give you an example. I'm really in the need for some new equipment for my company or even a new vehicle for myself that I will use for business. The timing of it this year, next year, mm-hmm. um, can I finance it? Can I not? Do I lease it? There's a lot that goes into that discussion and it should mm-hmm. be explored. And not necessarily at year end, it could be explored anytime during the year. But sometimes yeah. a deduction this year, again, won't be a deduction you get next year. So you definitely want to talk with somebody about this as you're yeah. making business decisions. You know, just to piggyback off of that, um, just referencing a recent conversation you and I have had, um, for anyone listening who's in the in the search of a vehicle <laughs> that your business might be using, Don, not to put you on the spot, but to put you on the spot, could you talk to us a little bit about like what that looks like if somebody's looking to purchase a vehicle through their business in 2022 versus 2023 and some of the nuances, things that they might want to keep in mind? Sure. So let's just look at buying a vehicle and we'll just exclude the whole electric vehicle situation because most okay. people have heard about the credits. So that's different. But when if you are looking to buy or lease a, a vehicle, you have to look at first, how often do you think you're going to utilize your vehicle for business purposes? If you're a person who does use it a lot, or if you could honestly say this business is dedicated to my business, I mean, excuse me, this vehicle is dedicated to my business because I have another vehicle that I can drive. Good example. Kylie, you're now married. If you and your spouse go um, vacation or something, and he's the one who typically drives when you're going mm-hmm. out and about, then perhaps we could justify a full business use for that vehicle, even if it's parked in your home because you're a home-based business. Yeah. So that's the first important thing, because if you're going to have a very low business use, you probably wouldn't want to go through the process of titling a car in your or a truck, a vehicle in your business. Mm-hmm. Cost of doing that really um, is higher insurance. We found that that's pretty much the only thing. Insurance rates will be slightly higher when you you own it in a business structure. But the beauty of having this vehicle in your business is 100% of everything related to the vehicle becomes a deduction, except for the loan payments. The interest on any loan is deductible. Okay. But all the use of it and the repairs, fuel, everything, and we know what fuel is right now, is significant. And will be fully deductible if we can justify a full business use of a vehicle. Yeah. You also get to depreciate that vehicle. And this year, it's really nice because everybody has heard of this bonus depreciation mm-hmm. being 100%. And what that, but um, there's actually a second way you could take 100%. But bonus is the hot item when you start talking about depreciation and what bonus is. is it's just a way to write off an asset quickly. So this is the last year we get a 100% write-off and the next year it becomes an 80% write-off. The one rule in this is the weight of the vehicle. If the vehicle mm-hmm. is at least 6,000 pounds uh, gross weight, then we get to t- take this full write-off. If not, we're subject to these special depreciation rates, which is fine because the vehicle's written off over five years. And as your business grows, sometimes it helps having depreciation deductions in future years to offset some of your profit. Okay. Uh, okay. So 
but see how there, there's just different aspects to this to look yeah. at. Um, and if this whole bonus world went away, we also have, and I'm going to use a tax code section, section 179, because it's actually referred to that. Mm-hmm. And I just saw an ad recently where a company was actually trying to sell a vehicle saying, we can give you a 179 deduction. I couldn't believe it. So even sellers of various items, equipment stuff, are trying to use internal revenue code sections. But that gives you 100% deduction in as long as you meet the right requirements, which we won't go into right now. And a lot yeah. of taxpayers do. Yeah. So there's always a way to get a nice write-off for that. Plus, and that's a big chunk of change. It is. When you look at and what here's the best part of it all. I always tell people I'm working with, don't worry about paying for it. I'm a big proponent of using other people's money when it comes to business. The one and only time that I, I'm fine with <laughs> I <death>. love that. <laughs> so you finance, let's say you finance the vehicle for five years, which is a typical write-off for a vehicle. Sure. As long as you take possession of that vehicle before your end, you get the write-off this year. So let's say we met all the rules to take a full write-off. How nice to be able to fully depreciate your vehicle, yet you haven't fully paid for it yet. Mm. So that, that, that's also nice because well, we are always looking at cash outflow as well as the tax savings. And that's a win-win, right? No cash outflow, but a deduction. Oh, yeah. That's huge. That's huge. It can um, be, yes. Oh, yeah. It can be. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. I love that. Uh, okay. So let's let's dive in further there. So as we're talking about, we just kind of went into depth on vehicle. It's just one example mm-hmm. of something that people listening should be thinking about. What would you say are like some of the lowest hanging fruit opportunities that small business owners likely aren't taking advantage of that are costing them big money? I know you mentioned a couple when we first got started, but like if there are maybe three big ones that you're like, ah, 80% of the people I talk to are not doing this and they should be. Retirement plans. Oh it's boy. huge. <laughs> so, and I, w- I won't even get into all the all the details, but let me give you an example. Let's assume that because of you, you being self-employed or however you're structured, but as an entrepreneur, it is causing you to have an extra $10,000 federal tax liability. Let's just use that. What if I told you that there may be a, a way to get rid of almost all of that tax liability? You're still going to have to come up with the $10,000, but what's wrong with putting it in Kylie's future bucket rather than Kylie's tax bucket, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what a retirement plan will do. And there are so many ways to manipulate a retirement plan to benefit owners. And a lot of entrepreneurs who don't have employees, you really could pack a lot of money into this. If your business is cash flowing, mm-hmm. you get tax deductions for some, some or all of these contributions because it depends on the plan. Mm-hmm. But you're just taking money from the, again, the IRS or Uncle Sam's pocket to yours. Even if you can't touch it until retirement age, it's just a nice way to, again, keep your cash flow in your pocket. Yeah, for sure. So a lot okay. of people don't even realize that. Retirement planning, huge. Mm-hmm. That is huge. Um, another thing we see is a lot of people don't think about hiring family members. Mm. Yeah, my mom comes to the salon and she helps all the time. Well, why don't you pay her? Mom's retired. There's a way you could pay mom or mom's social security isn't going to be taxable. So you keep it under the threshold, but now you're getting a tax deduction. People don't think of that. They just assume mom's on, re, you know, retired and we can't hurt that. Well, no, there, there's thresholds based on her age. Um, so yeah. that's a really good way. Also, children. I have a lot of clients that I've been working with that we're paying our children. Now, you have to be careful. I mean, um, 
the younger they are, the harder it is to justify. But if they are under the age of 17 and you don't have any other employees within your organization, you can pay them without paying any federal income tax, social security, Medicare, state, or any local taxes. So basically you're just moving, let's just say 10 grand, 10 grand off your taxable income into the hands of a child who's going to pay zero tax. Hmm. Not a bad case. Right? Yeah. And there are ways to justify it. And the younger they are, usually use them in advertising. Put them on your Uh, website, have some pictures. And these these are things that have been established by our Congress that they utilize. So it's not breaking any rules. It's just playing within that gray area. Just knowing the rules and how to make them work for you. Correct. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. Yes. Um, any other low-hanging fruit ones that you want to toss out there? I know I said three and you hit all three, but <laughs> utilizing your home office. So the that's another office. thing. A lot of people I've spoken to over the years are real nervous with that. They think, oh my gosh, you know, I'm going to be audited. If you are a physician or in the dental practice, you probably would be at risk <laughs> because the IRS says there's no way unless you have you know, your medical practice in your home. But most of service-based businesses, unless there is some other law that says you're prohibited from working from home, mm-hmm. if you're working from home, you could justify it. Mm-hmm. And I, I know some people get nervous. They said, well, do I appreciate my home? You certainly can. I recommend it. And here's why. Um, there's a good chance that the gain won't be so heavy when you go to sell your home because there's um, some thresholds that many taxpayers do not um, have to deal with. For example, um, you may have heard that if you live in your home for a while and and you you have to live there two out of five years, that's easy and with many people. So if you've done that, that's the first test. And the second test is what is the gain? And if you're married, your gain, gain on the sale of your home has to exceed 500000 before you even have to worry about reporting this gain. So oh, then wow. most of any gain is going to be excluded and there could be a real tiny piece attributable to your home office. So you want at least when you speak with somebody say, okay, what would my depreciation be on my home every year? And is it worth it? Um, yeah. Because it's, you're recommended to, to do that. Uh, plus, you write, so I see you're in an office, I'm in an office. Everything in this room can be written off as a business expense because it's my home office. Mm-hmm. Not to mention the utilities of my home, as well as some of the maintenance of my home. I'm in a snow-filled state. And mm-hmm. so if If my office were here permanently and I had somebody plowing my snow or doing yard work for me and landscaping to maintain my, the beauty of my home, that would be a write-off as well for this home office deduction, because it's no different than if I owned an office building and had to maintain it. That is a good reminder. We just got a new furnace and I was (laughs) like, huh, I should become a deduction. Yes. Yes. So it's. Yeah. A, I tell people it's a way we're spending this money anyways. It's a way yep. of taking personal expenses and creating a business purpose for them. Yeah. Them. Legally. Legally. Yes. Correct. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Love that. Are you burnt out, exhausted, stuck, uninspired? Sounds a lot like me in 2021, but I took the time and created the space to figure out what I really wanted. And then I made it a reality. That's what we're doing for other women business owners in our Defining Success Workshop series. 
take the time to really define what you want, and then let's build a roadmap to make it happen. Our workshops are filled with strategic and tactical takeaways, are very action-oriented, and help you create change starting immediately. RSVP today for our December 1st Defining Success for Owners Workshop Series in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and visit us at ricksworkshops.com, that's R-I-X workshops.com, to learn more about our 2023 upcoming quarterly workshops in Nashville, Phoenix, Chicago, and Milwaukee. Okay, you touched on this a little bit already. We, we know that when we talk about tax planning, people are oftentimes thinking, okay, Q4 is coming. How are we going to wrap up the year? Um, and maybe it's even like, okay, how are we going to start the year? But really, when, when it comes to these last minute tax things, like Q4 rolls around, what are some of these last minute strategies that people can put into place, if any? Like, I know we need to be planning all year round. But if anybody finds themselves in a pinch right now, is there any like sure. tips and where they should look? I could tell you from experience, some of the things we've already discussed was just yeah. the timing of a purchase of something for the business. Yeah. Uh, I work with people in the landscaping and construction fields. And so equipment's very pricey. But as I had told you, you can take a deduction now without paying for it yet. So you can finance it as long as you get it in your possession. And, it, and if it's something that they were planning to purchase in the future, maybe mm-hmm. we accelerate that because income's higher this year and first quarter's not looking so good. I mean, not that I want that for anybody, but a lot of our businesses yeah. are not always straight up, unfortunately, each sure. quarter, right? So if we're not sure what next year's going to look like and we don't really want to pay the tax now, we may want to accelerate that. Mm-hmm. Also, sometimes it's just if you're an employee of your company or you're not an employee of your company, here is one of the sweetest tools I've, or loopholes, I should say, <laughs> is you can start your payroll on December 31st of the year. And it's treated as if you were an employee all year. And so you could handle these retirement contributions if needed or just having a W-2 um, because you're trying to get financing because a lot of financial institutions are yeah. looking for a W-2. And so you do have until the end of December. You don't have to be paid all year long. And I can tell you, I've worked with a lot of people who didn't know that. And then all of a sudden, we could tweak this. And then another thing that we haven't talked about is changing the entity type. Mm. So I'll give you a quick example. Oftentimes, when we start as an entrepreneur, we start as a either an LLC that we mm-hmm. own, which is called a single member LLC, or we're just a sole practitioner under Mm -hmm. our name and our social security number. If you created that LLC, and there's a lot of reasons to do so, which we don't have to talk about here, but Mm -hmm. um, if you have that LLC from the time you began your business, and now we're looking at your taxes and we said, wow, your self-employment tax, which a lot of people don't realize, adds an extra 15.3% tax on top of whatever bracket you fall into. So some people could be paying upward of 30% or more to the IRS without even realizing it. And so one way to combat that is you have the right to make an S-corporation election. That's one way, but a a great way to save uh, this tax in the right scenario. Mm -hmm. We can do it in December. In fact, we have all the way up until March 15th to make this election for last this past Mm -hmm. year. People don't know that because if you look at the form and the instructions, you would think, oh, I missed last March. But there are exceptions to the rule everything with the world I work in. Um, <laughs> There's always an some, exception. Excuse me? There's always an exception. <laughs> there is. 
But in some cases, it really is a huge tax benefit to at least consider S-Corporation. And in the right situation, it will save you as a, a business owner taxes that are, it just really adds up. It's amazing. You figure for every $1,000, you're saving a $1,500. i am sorry, for $150. On math, I'm an accountant. <laughs> so for every one thousand of tax of taxable income, you would save one hundred and fifty dollars. So, you think start looking at what your bottom line is. It really does add up. Yeah. And again, it's not for everyone, but it is a great tool to to consider. To consider, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's still time, which is yeah. really nice. And a lot of people don't know that. Oh man, this is so awesome and nerdy, and I love it so much. Um, okay, so Don, um, for anybody else who's listening right now and they're like, oh, wow, I really need to find myself a tax strategist. I didn't know what I was missing out on. That can be really scary when you don't know what to look for or what questions to ask, et cetera. So when someone is looking to hire a tax strategist or a tax planner, what should they be looking for? What questions would be really valuable to ask? That is a good question. So usually um, I would imagine that in most cases, you're going to interview somebody over the phone. Right. So we could put anything on our website, but when you're speaking with them, you, you want to ask them, how often will you meet? And I don't mean you have to meet mm-hmm. in person, but either you have phone calls or Zoom calls, some way of interacting with them throughout the year. Because a, a tax strategist will tell you, yes, I'll prepare your tax returns because that's an after the fact situation, which it should be. It's just something we have to do to get the paperwork into Uncle Sam. We need to work with you all year long, however they set that up, quarterly, monthly, however the two of you decide, so that we are on top of your situation as your business grows and that we make sure that you are able to maximize everything that's available to you if you choose. Mm -hmm. And um, just asking that type of question could determine because some people are just tax preparers and they'll Mm -hmm. say, no, we just meet when we prepare the return and that's it. Um, so that would be a very important question. And then the other, and then if the person does answer the question the way you were hoping they would, maybe then you can ask a couple questions related to your situation. Um, I'm thinking about getting married. Will you talk with me or do you sit with me and do some planning once we're married? Or um, I'm having some issues with cash flow and I, do you talk about that? Do you mm-hmm. have a team that you refer me to if I um, may need them? If I wanted mm-hmm. a retirement plan, do you work with wealth or financial advisors? Do you have attorneys that you work with? How many people are in my industry? Because that's something we really haven't chatted about is mm-hmm. it helps if you have a niche. So uh, I will tell the world here, I am not an international person. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people are doing work overseas. It's a lot to know every treaty plus the internal revenue code. But there are people <laughs> out there who are phenomenal at it. Well, I'm fortunate enough in my particular industry, right? We should know people. And I do. And I would refer that work to one of these firms because that's the, that's what you need, right? You need that referral group because you can't be everything to everyone. No. So you just want to ask some questions that are related to you that whoever you're interviewing should be able to answer them. And if they can't, then you know to go and speak with somebody else until you get um, to somebody that you're comfortable with. And Don, just to make sure anybody listening, if they have questions that I have previously had, what is the difference between a tax preparer and a tax planner or strategist? Oh, sure. Well, everybody knows of H&R Block. 
<laughs> yes. Maybe I'm not allowed to say that, but it's the perfect example. So H&R Block are tax preparers. Mm-hmm. They may be CPAs, they may not. They don't have to be. You simply sit down with them, you make an appointment, sit down with them, and they prepare your return, and then they say goodbye. A tax planner or strategist is always looking at ways to minimize your taxes mm-hmm. and to also to use tax strategies that perhaps help your business, right? We want... Uh, the key is for you to grow. And one way to grow, of course, is cash flow. Well, taxes can be a real cash outflow. So we yeah. really want to find a way to not do that, right? We don't want to give the government more taxes than they're entitled to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a big uh, thing, especially for really small businesses that are just getting started. I know a lot of people want to DIY it. And, you know, not that I'm the professional here, but uh, I've just seen the magic that people such as yourself, Dawn, are able to do with taxes. And so I just recommend people take take a moment to chat with a professional um, because it can really pay off big time. It can. And a lot of people in my profession will give an initial consultation, which is great for free because both parties need to make sure that this would be a good working relationship. And it gives the entrepreneur an opportunity to really see if this is something that they need or that they could benefit from, most of the time you will, but maybe not. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're just yeah. not ready, but you need yeah. to know that. And at least even if you're not ready today because you're nervous or you're just so new in your your particular new business structure, it's in the back of your mind. Okay, this mm-hmm. is where I'm going to work up to because yeah. I know I need it and can benefit. It's at least just good to know. You know, you don't know what you don't know. Today's episode is brought to you by Hivecast an amazing, simple, and affordable podcast production agency. Hivecast has been instrumental in producing Welcome to Eloma, simplifying our workflow, and making our lives so much easier. Their packages range from $500 to $1,000 a month to create audio, video, and marketing creative assets. They've saved us huge on both our bottom line as well as time spent. They also have a sister agency called Fireside, which offers marketing services for small businesses, including social media management, Facebook and Instagram ads, and so much more. And they're all at really reasonable prices for small business owners. The best part is that there's no contract. So you can purchase their services as needed on a monthly basis. Use the code ELOMACAST, E-L-O-M-A-C-A-S-T, and save 50% off your first month of services. Go ahead and give them a try. We have loved working with them. Don, we've talked a little bit about myths of tax planning uh, that's kind of gotten filtered in through our conversation. Are there any other myths that we haven't touched on yet that you're like, oh, I hate when people say this. It's not true. <laughs> well, you know, I think a lot of people believe that tax planning isn't for them, that, oh, I have to be making millions of dollars before I'm really going to mm. see it. It's only for the elite or the very wealthy. That's not true. I'm Once you are an entrepreneur, you need your team. We always Mm -hmm. talk about that. Mm -hmm. And part of your team should be somebody who understands the tax space pretty well. Yeah. Because it is constantly changing. Oh, my gosh. I mean, we're talking about some tax stuff now. Well, in January and February, we're going to be talking about the new tax law changes, right? So, and God knows whatever else they might be proposing. And so... What if it relates to your industry or it could be across the board, right? And it could be something that you miss out on. And um, I would hate for somebody to take advantage of that. I mean, to take, to miss out on that advantage, but I, I've heard it from many people. They just don't think it pertains to them. 
Yeah. And because of, you know, where their income level is, but really you should always, if you can, when you start your business, I tell people you want to plan for the very end of your business and Mm -hmm. a good tax plan and strategist on your team can make that happen as well. For sure. For sure. Um, I love that. Uh, so Dawn, you've got some exciting things happening on your end as well at Rishko and Associates. Um, what are you most looking forward to as you guys are entering into the new year and, and this new chapter of, of your business? Well, what's really exciting is we, um, we have started to work more with the family owned business. We work with all entrepreneurs, but um, over the years, I've realized that I, um, in our particular situation, we have always made it our business to get to know the whole family. Mm-hmm. And like some people may say, well, you're nosy, but no, I, I mean, <laughs> I just love knowing everybody. You have <laughs> and, a huge heart. You have a huge heart. <laughs> Thank you. But it's really important. So we've made it our business to get to know both spouses, their children, and to find out more about each of them. Because just because mom and dad say, we really want Junior to take over the business, doesn't mean Junior really wants it. He's just sitting there saying, oh, dear Lord, what am I going to do? I don't want to disappoint them. <laughs> so yeah. we're finding that it's so important to really uh, dig deeper and help the family so that mom and dad could have the legacy they want. And maybe it's not Junior, but maybe it's John who works for them and how to make this work so that everybody's happy mm-hmm. and successful. Mm-hmm. And maybe Junior will become an entrepreneur and we can help him with this endeavor as well. Yeah. Yeah. So so the focus on really diving deep into the family businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know you guys have already been doing a lot of that work, but kind of really honing in on that. And that's that's exciting for this next chapter. It yeah. is. It is. And still playing in the uh, tax sandbox because... I can't of get course. away from that. I absolutely love manipulating tax laws. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, my little chess game I like to I play. love it. <laughs> I love it. Well, on that note, um, for everybody listening right now, if there's, we, we talked, you gave us so many golden nuggets, Don. but if there's one thing that you want people to take away from today's conversation, what's the one thing that you really want them to remember? Is to, you, planning for your business is extremely important. You must plan just like you put a business plan together. I don't know if people ask for those anymore, but in your head, you at least have a plan of where you want your business to go. Yeah. You need to plan for your taxes because they're a big part of your finances and Mm -hmm. they can eat up to 54% of your bottom line. And people don't know that sometimes. And so I think it's extremely important that you find somebody that you're comfortable with. Who's going to get very personal with you. Mm -hmm. Probably share more with your accountant than anybody else. Maybe the financial advisor gets as much information. Yeah. And you have to be really comfortable with somebody, but it's so important because when you partner up with the right person, you're going to see great things happen with your business. And and then it's something you don't have to worry about. It's really nice when we hear that people enjoy seeing us. You know, we're not like the dentists, (laughs) right? Because they know they're in good hands, right? That's what we all want to be to people we provide services to. Yeah, and so absolutely. That's important for anybody who's an entrepreneur is finding somebody that they're really comfortable with, and they trust, and they know they have their back. For sure. And I, I would say that's that's true for anybody that you're bringing onto your team as an owner, entrepreneur, you know, from an accountant to an attorney to tax strategist to financial advisor to, you know, business consultant, whatever it is, 
you know, um, if you're not vibing, if you're not feeling comfortable with that person, that's okay. It's not meant to be. And that's okay. They're meant for somebody else. That's fine. Um, Dawn, you you give so much uh, in all of the work that you do. What is the impact that you want to make on the world or the legacy that you want to leave? Oh, I, I think it, it's, I don't know how to put it. I take great pride and you're going to get me teary eyed because I do. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, okay, hold up. <clears throat> the clients I work with become family. And it's yeah. like watching, because you're not a mom yet. It's like watching your toddler grow up and be so successful. Excuse me. It is such a joy. Oh my gosh. And I just want to see that for everybody I work with. And I've been so blessed to see so many from startup to exit achieve their dreams. And I was a little part of it. And that's all that matters, you know, being part of that team to help them achieve those goals. That that is the biggest joy I could ever say as being um an entrepreneur myself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I love it. Sorry. I love that I got. I get emotional no. like a grandma. <laughs> no, don't apologize. I love. I was hoping that you would get emotional when I asked that question. I was like, I might get her. I might get yeah. her. Um, yeah. uh, I love it, Dawn. Your heart is everything. Um, so you've been in entrepreneurship for a while. You've worked with entrepreneurs for a long time. Here's my final question for you. What is your greatest insight or discovery about life in entrepreneurship? It provides amazing freedoms, as most people think, but you know, that's why a lot of us go into it. It's the freedom of not being tied down to an employer, but it's freedoms in different ways. It's not just the freedom of my time. It's the freedom to serve who I want to serve rather than what I'm being told to serve. Mm -hmm. It just feels so great. It's empowering. Mm -hmm. It really is. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Um, well, Dawn, you are a busy lady. We'll let you get going. But thank you so much for joining us. If anybody uh, is listening right now and they would like to reach out and connect with you, what's the best way for them to contact you? They probably should email me. Would you like me to give you my email? or If you'd like to share your email, go ahead and we'll sure. make sure it also gets into the show notes. Okay. Um, it's dawn at cleveland-cpa.com. All right. We'll make sure that gets in the show notes. Um, and Don, thank you so much for everybody listening. If you enjoyed today's episode and you learned half as much as I did, please go ahead and drop a review wherever you're listening. Don, thank you so much for your time. As always, it is truly a pleasure. You light up every single conversation you're a part of. And thank you for joining us today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. To continue learning how to better build your business and make your vision a reality, subscribe to the Welcome to Eloma email list at welcometoeloma.com.